Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but we want to give a shout out to our partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, the Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, and Vital Signs Wall of Fame. These are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for the next three minutes as we give a shout out to our sponsors. As an athletic director, these are all companies that you should be working with. Here we go. We want to say thanks to Home Campus, which is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the podcast. Home Campus is also your one-stop platform for scheduling, student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, connections, and so much more. As an athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day, and it was just fantastic, and you'll love it too. To get signed up, go to home-campus.com. That's home-campus.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. When you're ready to buy, use the uh, link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. Bring your school's legacy to life. Vital Signs Wall of Fame. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing. Hometown is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. And if you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets for all your events, not just athletics, but concerts, plays, dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager working with you to provide hands-on support every step of the way. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including SnapRaise, their fundraising platform, but there's Snap Manage, Snap Store, Snap Sponsors, Snap Spend. Um, you really need to check out snapraise.com. From a fundraising standpoint, they'll even give you your money before you start your fundraiser. Nobody else does that. Go to snapraise.com. Check them out today. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle, but as an athletic director, I made sure our entire school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided them so they could coach their kids to even higher levels. Go to huddle.com and see why we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. That's huddle.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Schedule a live web demo. See their tables and their boards in action. Their products not only generate income for your athletic department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. That's sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com. See how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you really don't need any training. Go to gipper.com. Mention you heard about it on the podcast, and you'll get a nice discount. That's gipper.com. We also want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your whole athletic department. Athletic directors always hear back from the complainers, but that's only about 2%. Athletic Surveys will connect you with that 2% and the 98% that love and support your program. So go to athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. Let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we want to say thanks to District 1. Go to District 1. That's W-O-N.com. You're going to feel like you've won when you check out their great uniform packages. They're custom uniforms. You can get them in 20 business days or less. And you'll never have to order an entire set of uniforms, again, when you only need one or two replacements. That's District 1. Click on the Team Gear logo at district1.com.
Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We're going to Ohio today, and we've got a really cool guest. Uh, his name is Keith Manos. If you have not heard of him, he's a longtime wrestling coach uh, at multiple levels. Uh, he's also a, a very uh, popular speaker. Uh, he's an author of about eight, maybe more books. Uh, he was recognized as the sports writer of the year. Uh, he's just got an incredible athletic background, and I'm excited to hear his story. So, Keith Manos, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Hey, I'm glad to be a part of your podcast today. Looking forward to um, talking to your listeners, you know, today. Okay. Well, um, we've had uh, we've done over 400 interviews, uh, and again, most of them are ads and coaches. Um, I think you might be the the fourth or fifth uh, person with a, a wrestling uh, resume. So uh, I'm excited to hear your take and your perspective on some things. But uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So. Give us that quick bio, you know, where were you born? Where'd you grow up? Uh, maybe take us up through your own high school and college days. Then we'll take a break and then come back and hear more about your career. But what's the Keith Manos origin story? Well, you mentioned wrestling and I never would have gotten into wrestling had it not been for my older brother, who was wrestler, was a wrestler in high school at Bay Village High School, which is in northern Ohio, uh, northeast Ohio. And... Um, you know, that just got that's from that point on, I, I say to people that I never would have been uh, gotten into the Ohio Wrestling Coaches Hall of Fame. I never would um, have been a, a successful wrestling coach had it not been for the influence of my older brother, uh, who just got me excited about the sport. Um, I went to college at uh, graduated from Bay High School, went to college at Miami of Ohio uh, because they had a strong education department, unlike a lot of uh, uh young people. I knew exactly from my junior year of high school that I wanted to become a teacher and I wanted to become a coach. So uh graduated from college and I've kind of taught in several high schools across the state here, uh, Jake, in Ohio, and uh, most recently at Richmond Heights High School uh, and retired from there in 2013. Uh, I was also an athletic director there for a while. When my coaching days ended for for a little bit, I was an athletic director for a while, and um, I really enjoyed that. And then went back into coaching, and then eventually retired. And the irony is, the coach, the school I was last teaching and coaching, they don't have wrestling anymore. Oh, we we won four state titles and all that, but they dropped the program. Uh, they dropped other programs as well because of money, but it was really sad to see the wrestling go. Um, I have taught, I taught one, I'm sorry, I coached one year at the college level. Right now, I teach at the college level um, at um, Lakeland Community College. I've been doing that since 2007 um, and writing books and articles and stories, uh, which have been getting published. I have 12 books published to date. Uh, and half of them, about six of them are for coaches and athletic directors and um, parents and wrestlers as well. Right. We're going to talk about the books uh, later on. I want to jump back into, uh, I, I guess, different perspectives um, of wrestling. You're a high school wrestler, college wrestler, you're a coach, you're an AD. Um, I think wrestling, more so than any other sport, uh, you know, I was a track guy. Um, it's pretty easy for a coach to say, okay, you know, this person is going to start uh, in the hundred meters or the long jump, you know, the stopwatch doesn't lie. Uh, same thing in swimming uh, for wrestling. I, I think it's even more, I, I'm searching for the word uh, obvious uh, because of, you know, wrestle offs and things like that. Um, as a high school wrestler, as a college wrestler, as a coach, um, did you ever find a situation where that was not true, where maybe the better wrestler was not wrestling and, and maybe, you know, why was that? <laughs> uh, no, I did have, I, I, I was wondering where you were going because I did have one time a parent complained to me saying, I want my son wrestling head of this other boy. I said, well, I can't do that, Mr. So-and-so because 
your son lost the wrestle off. He goes, I don't care. I want my boy to wrestle ahead of him. I go, I'm sorry, that's not going to happen. And his son had to take a different weight class. But the thing about wrestling is, uh, and maybe it's different these days, but first, a lot of the parents uh, don't really understand the sport like a coach does. And so as they watch it, they like we can go I can go watch a basketball game, never having seen it before, and within a minute know how the scoring is done. I can figure out the game in like one minute. Wrestling is not so easy easy as parents as people watch they're going, well, why is that wrestler doing that? Uh, and it takes a coach really to understand. But no, the the, the cool thing about the sport is, the wrestle-offs determine who wrestles, and there's no subjectivity to it at all. Yeah, uh, I, I would tend to agree. It's pretty darn obvious. Uh, you know, if, if Billy is wrestling Johnny, uh, you know, one of them is is, is going to win, and and they're going to get to you know wrestle you know varsity that week. Or now, you know, girls wrestling, you know, tremendously uh, popular. We just sanctioned it here in Florida. So um, I think uh, I think almost forty states now have sanctioned uh, have a sanctioned state tournament for uh, girls wrestling, mm-hmm. um, or have have certified it in their states. Uh, so it is girl, uh, female wrestling is growing in popularity tremendously. Yeah. And, and again, as an AD, as a coach, you know, for any sport, you love to see that for our listeners. Uh, our guest today is Keith Manos. He's a longtime wrestling coach, uh, also a, a published author up to 12 books now and a very in demand speaker. We're going to take our first break, but we're coming back with some more. So please stay with us. This is the educational AD podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. It's also your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and clearance forms, uh, state association connections, and so much more. As a high school athletic director, I used Home Campus every single day. And it was just fantastic. And the home campus team was great to work with as well. To find out more, go to home-campus.com and talk to their team. That's home-campus.com. Check them out today. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Once again, our guest is Keith. Manos, uh, longtime wrestling coach, author, speaker. Um, Keith, you you gave uh, a little bit of background of uh, the schools you're at where you coached. Uh, you and I were talking during the break, and you actually, you know, had to you know help resurrect or start a a couple of different programs, which is always an interesting story. What was that like? Uh, you know, building a wrestling program from scratch. Well, when I first started teaching. Uh, and coaching, uh, I really wanted to actually be the assistant wrestling coach. But the AD came to me with like just weeks before the season was beginning and said, hey, I, we can't find a head coach because you know, I was a new teacher, right? And I, I, he said, so you got to be the head coach. I went, well, okay, I'll plug away at it. And that first year, I mean, we won one tool meet. It was, it was a disaster. And, uh, of course, I'm just learning the ropes. I'm learning how to be a coach. I knew how to teach the sport. It just was all everything else that went in with being a new teacher as well as a new coach. It just was very, very challenging for me. Yeah. But I, but during the season, I would talk to other coaches and I uh, would just try to gather as much information as I can because I was committed. And that's something that's real important to me, Jake, is like the key word for me, for any coach or athletic director is commitment. Uh, and not just committed to what's going on today, but committed to the, to the, to the long haul, to, to the program as a whole. I didn't see myself as just a high school varsity wrestling coach. I saw myself as a K through 12 wrestling coach. I was going to build that program from youth, to middle school, to high school, all the way through. 
So I started that. And again, I learned how I learned this from other coaches. So I started a youth program and I, you know, I went to make sure I was uh, established rapport with the middle school wrestlers, along, of course, with uh, uh, my high school kids. So again, that first year was real, real tough. And then my second year of teaching, my second year of coaching, the program blossomed. You know, we had 30 kids in the youth program. Our middle school team had uh, backups at every weight class. And the high school team started to win matches. We weren't great, but we were competitive. Uh, and the school had its first state placer ever. Uh, and we're still friends to this day. His name is Dave Kent. He took third in the state. The irony is, on the day <laughs> I was leaving to go to the state tournament with Dave Kent, where eventually, as I said, he plays third, the AD pulled me aside, said, hey, here's your meal money, here's your, you know, your lodging information uh, to pay for it and all, but by the way, uh, we would like you to resign your position. What? Uh, because I, I forget the, how the saying goes, but how you can please half the people some of the time or mm -hmm. whatever it might be. Well, half the parents, you know, were they didn't like how I coached. Uh, and so they complained to the athletic director and the athletic director didn't want to have these problems. Now, half of the parents were very supportive of me, but. I'm a new guy, I'm just learning the ropes. And I went, okay, I guess I'll resign. And I resigned not just my coaching, but also my teaching. Found a new job, another school, did well there. And then, uh, again, I'm Greek, uh, I should say that. In fact, uh, the last school I, where I taught and coached was the Richmond Heights Spartans. And my family, both sides come from Sparta in Greece. And so when I went there, I go, God, this is this is so appropriate that I'm perfect teaching and coaching at a school that has, you know, where I come from, Sparta, the Spartans. Um, and I had to take over for a program that had been successful, but had fallen by the wayside. Um, in my first year again, we won two matches. Uh, I, was, I took kids to the state wrestling tournament, though. And in our next year, we won nine. The next year, we won 13. And then we went undefeated and went 14-0 and 0, uh, in my fourth year. And I felt kind of proud about that because I thought, look, I did this. I wasn't, I wasn't getting guys that were left over to me from a successful program. I had to do this on my own. Right. And so, uh, but again, I followed that formula, commitment, build the program K through 12, uh, uh, surround people, surround myself with people who were going to commit themselves like I did, uh, who understood my mission and, you know, my philosophy. And that's what worked. Yeah. And again, that's got to be gratifying to have been able to do that in a couple of different places and see that formula work. Uh, I've seen a number of uh, uh, maybe it's specific to wrestling. I think it would apply to other sports, too. But I've seen a number of wrestling programs uh, where they do that K through 12 approach, whether it's all enclosed on one campus at a private school or reaching out in the community. Um uh, did you ever have occasion at your second school to uh, cross paths with your previous school and and, and wrestle them, or uh, was that they just in a different part of the city? Well, no, they were separated by uh, some great distance. But I will share this, and you know, this was told to me. I wasn't there to hear it, but I, this was told to me. So I, the school I left after two years, the third year. They won the conference championship. They won the sectional championship. They said uh, they were, uh, I think, either second or first in the district. And they sent, obviously, several kids to the to the uh, state tournament. So I ran across a previous coaching colleague who was still in that conference. And he said, Keith, 
when we had the coach of the year voting, you got four votes. <laughs> I was like, really? He goes, even though you weren't there, everybody knew that you're the one who had built that program. So you got both. And of course, they had to then, you know, the guy running the meeting has to say, no, 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 we can't vote for a guy who's not here. Who's not. So they had to, they gave it to some other coach, but yeah. I thought that was funny. That hey, that is a great story and a great tribute to uh, you know what you had done there. The coaches certainly recognized it. It's it's tough to get votes uh, at for coach of the year. You know, a lot of times those are split. That's that's a cool story. <laughs> for our listeners, uh, our guest today is Keith Manos. Uh, he's a wrestling coach. He's an author, uh, speaker. We're going to take another quick break, but uh, we're going to hear some more. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. Vital Signs has one mission, to bring your school's legacy to life. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen video consoles. It's a great way to display your school record boards for all your sports or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell more compelling stories about your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com, check out their great products, mention you heard about it on the podcast, and they'll give you a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets for all your events, not just athletic events, but things like concerts, school plays, dances, even graduation. And every step of the way, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager that's providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com right now to get started. Simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Our guest today is Keith Manos, a longtime wrestling coach. He's also a very successful author. Um, Keith... Talk a little bit about your wrestling books, because I know you write in different uh, genres, if you will. But how did that all start? Uh, what are some of the books? And of course, where can our listeners go to get them? Well, I'll start with my first book that I had published, which is in 1995. And I like to say this story that goes with it. It's called The Wrestling Coach's Survival Guide. Uh, and Hillary, Hillary Clinton and I had the same publisher in the same year, her book member, It Takes a Village, something like that. Uh, but I think she got a bigger advance than I did. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty pretty confident about that. But uh, so I had been um, coaching and I had been a successful coach. and But I, would hearing, I was hearing a lot of fellow coaches lamenting about the challenges of coaching. This is, again early 90s, mid 90s, uh, the difficulties with the, the, the with their athletes, et cetera. And I go, well, I'm not, ex I'm not experiencing that. And I think maybe I can help them. So I wrote a book for coaches. And I submitted it. So I submitted a book proposal to various publishers, got rejected, rejected, rejected. And Simon and Schuster, uh, editor, when I'll never forget this guy's name. I think he's passed. I'm pretty yeah, certain he's passed. Named Win Huppick sends me a rejection letter. Again, uh, not so much internet in those days. Everything was you know hard copy. So Win in his first paragraph says thanks, but no thanks. In his next paragraph, he uh, of his letter to me, he says, "Here's some other coaching books that we have that you know that you might be interested in." And in his third paragraph, he writes, we see that you are a successful wrestling coach. Could you write a wrestling book for us? And I went, oh, yeah, I could do that. Uh, and so I did. I kind of uh, tweaked my other book that I had uh, just got done writing. Uh, and they wanted pictures. So I went and got pictures of, you know, wrestling uh, moves, et cetera, and uh, wrestling technique. And put that all into the book. And they published it. And it's part of like a series they had. Like football coaches survival guide. Baseball coaches survival guide. Wrestling coaches survival guide. And that 
uh, and I, you know, outsold my advance like within a month or two months. It just became a real popular book. Uh, I'm going to give you a name, John Smith. He's a gold medalist wrestler. He's the head coach at Oklahoma State University. He used that book uh, for his classes, wrestling classes at Oklahoma State University. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was uh, uh, grateful about that. Hearing him call me on the phone asking if he could do that, I thought I was talking to God. Here's the one that, here's the, the premier wrestling coach in the country, uh, national championships at Oklahoma State, and he's asking me if he could use my book. I was like, I wish I had recorded it, but I didn't. Um, no, that's, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, um, having written a couple books myself, um, you know, I, I'm always curious about the process. Um, as you were putting it together, um, you know, from idea to completion, what was your timetable approximately? I know it was a while ago. Yeah, a lot of people ask me that. It's like a typical question I get is, how long does it take you to write a book? Um, and sometimes it takes me like six months, uh, a year, um, maybe a little bit longer, but uh, not so much longer than that. Um, can I can I write at night? Uh, in fact, let's go back to 1995. It's, it's New Year's Eve. We're at my uh, sister-in-law's house. And, you know, we're all talking and having a fun time. And my sister-in-law says, hey, let's reminisce. Uh, what's, what was your highlight of 1995? We go around the room and comes to me. And I say, well, it has to be the publication of my first book. And my sister-in-law says, well, wait a minute. Weren't your twins born in 1995? And I went, oh, yes, the twins. <laughs> the twins first, then the book. Uh, so that's I thought was kind of funny. Um, in fact, there's a picture of me working on my book uh, as I'm with my wife and the babies in the hospital uh, after the twins were born. Uh, but after that, uh, again, I'm working with Simon Schuster, which was one of the big five. Now it's merged. Um, and I could then call, I could then from that point on, uh, you know, they were asking me to write books because you know, I'm an English teacher. And so they didn't have to worry about so much editing because um, the, the grammar was correct and they liked that. Um, and I met my deadlines and everything. So then I got books published for English teachers and then some more books for coaches. And uh, I just had a great relationship until Wynn retired. And then I lost my real my my personal contact with Simon Schuster. But along the way, um I was getting I'd get calls and now I can get emails from various people who had read my books. And this one coach in Minnesota said, you know, contacted me by phone and said, have you ever heard of Coach's Choice? I bet you they I bet they would love to have you, you know, have you uh publish your writing. So I checked them out, submitted a proposal, boom. And Dr. James Peterson, who was, again, earlier, was the publisher for Coach's Choice before they got bought out. He said, Keith, I really, you know, you can do what a lot of, the, you can do what a lot of other coaches can't do. And I said, what's that? He goes, write coherent sentences. And so I said, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Dr. Peterson. And uh, so I, I had six books published with them. Um, and that's, so I, again, um, in fact, uh, these are, you know, some of my, you know, most recent books. But that's how I ended up getting involved with Coach's Choice. And that's been, a, at least prior to them being bought out, a very positive relationship. Right. Well, let's go and uh, give out some specifics. Uh, you've got a website, uh, you know, and we'll do this again at the end too, but I want to give it out a couple of times. Um, if one of our listeners wants to find out more about, you know, your library, the books that you've published are available, how to get them, uh, go ahead and give out your website. And then maybe if they want to reach out and pick your brain a little bit as a leader, as a coach, uh, how can they get in touch with you directly? Well, my website is www 
keithmanis.com. So it's K-E-I-T-H-M as in Mary, A, N as in Nancy, O, S as in Sam.com, keithmanis.com. Uh, and I have, you know, books for teachers and books for coaches and uh, my novel as well uh, is on there. Of course, you can also, if you want, just go to Amazon and their search box and type in my name. My books will come up. They're also at coacheschoice.com. All right, Keith Manos, um, uh, we're going to take another quick break, uh, but we're coming back some more. I uh, hear more about his uh, writing and some best practices. So I uh, want you all to stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be back. We want to say thanks to the good people at Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. Check out the entire suite of platforms designed to help you as an athletic director do your job better. You have SnapRaise, their fundraising platform, but you also have Snap Store, Snap Manage, Snap Connect. Uh, you really need to check it out. We use SnapRaise at our high school as a fundraiser with great success, and you can too. Uh, they even have a program where they will give you your money before you actually do your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Check out the entire suite of platforms at snapraise.com. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools that Huddle provided to that allowed them to coach their kids up to the highest level. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to gipper.com, see how athletic directors are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds on just about any device and you don't need any design training. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. They're going to give you a nice discount. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Keith, um, you, we mentioned that you've written a number of books. Uh, you talked about you know the wrestling and the coaching series, but... Uh, um, you also have a novel and some other projects. Uh, share with our listeners a little bit about that. Well, uh, I'm also a fiction writer. And so uh, my published novel is My Last Year of Life, in parentheses, in school. My Last Year of Life in School. And it's about an, an English teacher named Ethan Miller uh, in, his, uh, in his last year of teaching uh, at the high school level, you know, before he retires. And in my last year of teaching, what I would do is I would, during my day, I would uh, take notes about conversations I heard and um, what I observed. And then again, I do my writing at night. So then later on that night, I would uh, flesh out the narrative. And then on the weekend, I would do the typing uh, and create the chronology. Uh, and so I did that throughout the, the school year, my last school year in 2013. And then summer came and then I worked on the editing of that novel. And then I sent it out to various publishers. I don't have an agent. I sent it to various publishers and it was picked up um, and, and published. Uh, and I, it was really cool. And I'd go on Amazon and I could check to see who was buying my book. I could see it was bought in Los Angeles and in Minneapolis and down in Dallas, Texas and uh, in Tacoma. I, I just thought it was so so cool to see, I'm guessing teachers across the country because buying my book. I got a lot of purchases, of course, in the Cleveland area where I live. Uh, and people would come up to me, again, in my area and go, 
and they would want to try to guess who the character was. Is that Miss So-and-so? Is that Miss So-and-so? And I would say, no, 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 it's all made up. It's just a made up story. Uh, uh, so uh, I was really excited to have that published and did various book talks and still uh, people want me to read uh, from it when I do uh, like a writer's conference or something. But uh, that was my novel. And then currently I'm working on uh, young adult fiction uh, and I've written four novels. One of which, if you can guess, is about a, a young man who gets involved on the wrestling team, even though he knows nothing about wrestling. So he's, it's his first year on the wrestling team as a sophomore uh, and his experiences uh, through the season. So that's what I'm working on now. Okay. Well, um, again, I, I just think it's so great that you've, you've got this experience and you're able to share it. Um, let's say in, um, you know, the practical way, you know, the coaching books, uh, but also, you know, take your passion for sports and storytelling and you, you've yes. got a great outlet for it. Uh, you know, good for you. Um, want to go ahead and transition back into, you know, your experience as a coach uh, and as an athletic director, as a leader. One of the things we try to do with this podcast is the idea of sharing best practices. And uh, in your experience as a coach, as a leader, as an AD, what are some things that you've seen? And maybe they've been initiatives that you've created at a school uh, that you would consider a best practice for our listeners. Uh, anything come to mind? Sure. When I first started, uh, when I became an athletic director, let me st let me start with that, then I'll come back to coaching. When I became an athletic director, my mission, personal mission was, I want my school to be a special place to be a coach and a special place to be an athlete. I wanted, I, I don't know if it's where you are uh, the same, but uh, a lot of teachers were not coaching anymore. Right. So schools were scrambling to find coaches from outside the, the, um, the school district. And that was challenging. But I wanted the teachers in my school, in our school, to want to coach because I wanted them to see, hey, you know, this coaching can be a very, very special experience whether it might be uh, working to get the schedules they wanted, you know, buying them pullovers and shirts, whatever, without them having to ask for it. Um, if they needed equipment, getting it for them. Um, so I wanted them to see that coaching here, you know, is special. To be that, they'd more, be more encouraged that way and more motivated that way. And then for the athletes, I wanted them to see that, whether it's through giving them recognition or, again, treating them in a special way. I, I wanted them to see that so that we'd get more participation on our teams. But that's something I think ADs really need to do, make coaches and athletes feel special in their school. Yeah, absolutely. And you bring up a great point about the value of the teacher coach um you know it, you're absolutely right in, in every state you know it, it's no longer uh the fashion to hire a great math teacher or social studies teacher whatever the subject uh and then say well hey can you coach anything or uh by design you know we're looking for a wrestling coach or we're looking for a lacrosse coach um uh, who also is a great English teacher or a great science teacher. And I was very fortunate at most of my schools here in Florida. And again, they were private schools, but the administration uh, for the most part did value that teacher coach. And it wasn't always a coach. Maybe it was somebody who could advise a club. Uh, it wasn't just someone who was, you know, so laser focused on academics that they missed out on, all the other aspects of school life uh, for a school. So yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, I, so, and it worked out okay uh, uh, until, because um, I was still teaching while I was athletic director and the, I did that for four years and then a superintendent came to me 
And he said, Keith, we love what you're doing. We want to make you a full-time athletic director. I said, well, okay. Um, how much are you going to pay me for that? And, and he said, well, here's what the board is allotting. And I said, oh, my goodness, that's $20,000 less than I'm making now. <laughs> he goes, well, I'm sorry. That's all they're going to give you. I was like, well, then I'll, I'll just go back to being an English teacher and a coach. Uh, and I, I think, again, one of the key things I've said it already for me as a coach was commitment. Um, commitment uh, to the program K through 12. But also, I think a key thing, uh, best practices, organization. Number one, uh, I think time belongs to everybody. I did not want to waste the time of my athletes, my assistant coaches. I wanted to be productive in everything that we did. And to do that, I had to be organized. Um, I'll, give you, I'll give you one example of how I would demonstrate this. So I'm coaching wrestling, and of course, you at the time, um, when you go to a tournament, you'd weigh in, and then you'd go get something to eat, come back, and then compete in the tournament. So I would arrange, going to a restaurant, I would arrange days before reservations, and in fact, exactly what I wanted my wrestlers to eat. So we go to this one tournament, we go to... Uh, uh, to go get something we had, we weigh in, we go get something to eat, we go to this restaurant, and there were two other teams waiting to be seated. We walked right by them. All my boys sat down, and within like four minutes, five minutes, they were being served their pancakes. I said, This is what we're going to eat, and their orange juice. And the, and the boys thought they were going to get like the meal that whatever they wanted to order. I said, no, 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 no. You're going to get what I want you to eat in preparation for this tournament. And these other coaches, other teams are watching us sit down and eat like that. And that's because I, it's preparation, it's organization. That's, I think, real, real important. Yeah. Hey, great minds think alike. Uh, I, I was a college track coach and, and we would do that. Uh, I would call the day before the track meet because we were bringing in like 80 men and women combined and uh you know we, we would set up that post meat uh meal and um it, it, it was it was gratifying to you know see our kids do that very same thing walk right past you know, a couple other bus loads of kids that had gotten there before us but didn't have that reservation keith this has been really cool spending some time with you and finding out a little bit more about you know your website and your books but we're not done yet uh, we always wrap up with the athletic director's toolbox. Now, you just shared some uh, best practices, but uh, we're going to take our final break here from a few more sponsors. When we come back, I'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three items in their toolbox. So uh, let's take that final break. And when we come back, we're going to find out what Keith Manos is going to put in his new AD toolbox. We'll be right back. We want to thank Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their indoor score tables and video boards and schedule a live web demo to see them in action. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made was our Sideline Interactive indoor score table. It's just fantastic. And the Sideline Interactive team was so easy to work with. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Check out their products today. We also want to say thanks to District 1. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N.com, and you're going to feel like you've won when you check out their custom uniform packages. Uh, you can get them delivered in 20 business days or less. And you're never going to have to order a full set when you just need one or two replacements. Go to District 1, click on the Team Gear logo. That's district1.com. And we want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way 
for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors always hear back from the complainers, the people that want to gripe about something. But that's usually only about 2% of your parents or your student body. Athletic surveys will connect you with that 2% and also the 98% that love and support your program. And that's a tremendously valuable tool to have when you're meeting with a frustrated parent or your principal or your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Let them show you all the things they can do for you. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting today with Keith Manos, a longtime um, wrestling coach. He's in a number of Hall of Fames. He's also a very prolific writer. He's written over eight books. He was a sports writer of the year. Uh, but right now, I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their first job. But I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So, Keith, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, I think that one of the key things an athletic director needs to do is check facilities. You know, I want those facilities to be polished. I want them to be ready to go. I want them to be safe. Uh, and uh, whether it's, you know, field, mat, uh, a court, whatever it might be, uh, locker rooms, hallways, whatever, wherever these athletes are going to be, I think uh, a competent athletic director needs to examine, survey the facilities to make sure that they are, and just don't take them for granted, to make sure that they are ready to go. And that could be at times even like consulting with the uh, maintenance staff to find out what they might say about the facilities. Uh, or an insurance company, what they might say, whoever insures the school district, about the, the, the safety of the facilities. So that's something I think is really, really crucial. Um, uh, I was, I was a, in a school where the, the football stadium got condemned. And I, I, I go, oh, my goodness, I, I wasn't coaching football, but I said, okay, what do we do about that? I wasn't the AD at the time, but... Um, that was pretty significant. So facilities, that's, uh, I think these days, uh, as before, when you and I were uh, coaching, as, I think it's as important then as it is now, is communication. You know, especially the way we communicate to parents, then of course to coaches and to athletes. The ET has to be skilled in that respect. Uh, that's why in my book, um, the Complete Handbook of Forms and Letters for 80s and coaches, um, I put in there the kind of correspondences and communications. It's all done for the coach uh, and a and AD that they might need to send to a coach, to an athlete, to a parent. Uh, they should put their little spin to it, their school heading on it, uh, and it's ready to go. So I think ADs especially have to be skilled communicators verbally and in writing. That third to toolbox tool I would think ADs need is, and that's with promotion and marketing. Um, you know, we, we need to do that for our teams, for our schools. And it's tough these days because the, uh, the media outlets are it's very, very competitive. There's a lot of information out there, but I'm going to do my best to get my athletes, my coaches, our teams uh, promoted and get them into the media. And there are probably even some uh, schools that have social media directors who can assist with that. Not all do, so it might fall on the task of the AD, but there has to be a regular, uh, whether it's with Twitter, whether it's with, I, I know young people are not so hot about it anymore, but but Facebook, uh, whatever it might be, Instagram, to get information out there about our athletes, our, um, and a system in place to accomplish that. Uh, and I think the uh, an AD, say, walking into an interview, might have to say, all right, here's how I'm going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it. 
Yeah, uh, you probably saw me scribbling all those uh, down. Um, the the marketing thing is something I, I'm glad that you mentioned that. And again, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time. Uh, I, I think it's something that, let's say, uh, athletic directors or coaches of uh, our age or even a little bit younger, uh, I, I don't think they fully understand the importance of marketing your program. Uh, that's where the kids are now. They're on social media and maybe it's not Facebook, but they're out there on Twitter and Instagram. That's how you can really reach them and it, through them, reach their parents and and really turn your program, uh, take it to an, another level with that marketing. So really glad you shared that. Keith, again, this has been really cool spending some time with you. For our listeners, one more time, uh, if they want to reach out, find out more about your books and about your uh, services, uh, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Well, I'll say my website again, www.keithmanis.com. But um, I'm also open to receiving emails. Uh, and my email address is coachkm at sbcglobal.net. So it's coachkm at S as in Sam, B as in boy, C as in Carla, Global. Net. Um, and uh, that'd be wonderful to hear from some of my our colleagues out there. Um, and I could assist you I, I can assist you in any other ways. Okay. Well, listeners, I think you got a great resource here. So uh, check it out. Again, that's Keith Manos. Keith, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today and sharing with our listeners and all the best moving forward. I enjoyed it so much. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, absolutely. Uh, for our listeners, uh, we appreciate you listening, and we do this just about every day, and we upload the Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Educational AD Podcast.